0: ...work that will start at about 11.30 um, after we've done the... I just want to explain uh, what's happening. This is, rumour has it, that I, I don't do too well with little children. Y- y- the thought of doing children's work isn't my... F- I don't go, ah, oh, how wonderful. I, I always feel awkward with children. Anybody identify with that? Or am I the only one? I, I just feel a bit awkward with children. I want to say, for goodness sake, grow up. But then They're children. Or I want to say, stop being so childish. But they are children. Do you know those sort of things. So and perhaps not great. That said, I actually love kids. And I realize with my own kids, I loved having kids. One of them's here. We'll be talking about her in a bit. Um, and and we now have four grandchildren. We will be talking about them a little bit. And I, I love have I love the kids. I, I just in a group of children, I feel totally insecure. Okay? I don't feel insecure in this environment, but you put me with 20 under five-year-olds and I seize up. That's just how I'm wired. Is that, that okay? Now, I need some prayer. I need some help on that. But I love kids. And, and I need to love kids because the Bible talks to us about becoming like little children. Have you noticed that the Bible that as you read through the Bible, God doesn't tell us everything we'd like to know. I like to know everything when it, does, it doesn't tell us. And I'm becoming increasingly aware that God seems to respond to simple childlike faith more than anything else, more than my intellect, more than my knowledge. In fact, the Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. God responds to faith before he responds to anything else. So I'm going to read to you from Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16, and then Matthew 18, 1 to 3. And it'll be on the screen. It says, people were bringing little children to Jesus to have them touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and put his hands on them and blessed them. Then in Matthew 18... At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked... Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth... Unless you change and become like little children... You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, any time you read in the Bible the phrase, I tell you the truth, it's as though Jesus is saying, look, I want you to pay attention to this. It's very important not to be casual about it. So these two things are very important. Unless anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it, and the other one is unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven like little children. It's not even like a teenager. It's like a little child. You know those... We've, we've had three little helpless bundles this morning. And everybody goes ooh and ah as they do what helpless bundles do. do you know, like suck their thumb and gurgle or cry or... You know, all the things, but they can do nothing for themselves. Jesus said that unless you become like little children... And we think, well, couldn't I just be a little bit grown up? We said, no, like little children. Oh, dear. is what I think. But there are qualities that little children have as they're growing up that Jesus wants us to have before God our Father. And so I want to take a few minutes just to see what little children are like and what we can, what we can learn from them because we were like them once. First... Children are open, not closed. What do I mean by that? Normally, if, a child, if children are growing up in a safe, loving environment, they're open to everything. Open in expressing who they are becoming. Not closed to things. Everything's a big adventure. Who remembers that? Oh, dear me, a sad bunch. Do, do, do you remember when you were little and it was like, oh, wow? No. You do good for you, mate. Do you, anybody remember? Oh, good. Oh, I remember. Everything was... You know, when I, when I was about two, I was a bit technical. And I could hardly talk. And I, I, I always remember this. I, my mum tells me the story too, but I remember it well. We were looking in a jeweller's shop window. And there was a rotating stand. And I said... I was fascinated. It was going around. I said to my mom, this is switched somewhere. There must be a switch to make it work. Because I wasn't thinking about what was on the stand. I was thinking of the mechanics. I was about to. I, could pro- I couldn't talk properly. But oh, the, the mystery of how does that work? Yeah? It was, ah, I always remember. Do you remember those adventurous moments? I like to think we do. Everything's a big adventure to be Explored and enjoyed, not closed to things. I remember actually very clearly the the first five years of my life. I remember sitting in my my pram, which is, sounds a bit strange, but I, I remember some of those things. And those first five years of my life largely shaped who I am today. I don't mean my figure, although maybe maybe what I ate then didn't help, but. But they shape me and, and the first five years of a child's life, the, the people, that the specialists tell us, shape a child, shape who they become. That's why we encourage so much to look after children, to, to, to do good parenting, especially at a young age, because it sets them on the right course. I was fortunate I had a loving home and family, lots of relatives who visited a great deal. My Uncle George and Auntie Mabel lived next door with their two grown-up children, who I called Auntie Mary and Uncle Arthur. Now, I spent so much time next door in their house, I spent just as much time in their house as I did in our house next door. My Uncle Arthur taught me all about electronics and mechanics and technology and classical music, so I'd be sitting there two and a half listening to pipe organ being played off his reel-to-reel tape recorder for an hour and a half. And people think, how did you do that? I don't know. It just got me. It just got me. Give me an appetite for these things. He let me be part of his life and I was open to it all. I'm so grateful to God for those days. He had a green garden shed. And you'd go into the green garden shed and it smelt wonderful. You, you'd just open the door and it had that smell of sawdust and petrol and all mixed together. Guess what? I've got a green garden shed. It's really weird, but the only color to paint the garden shed for me is green. Because it was this high when that shed. Ugh, meant a lot to me, that. Now, I'm a granddad. And it's just great to see how open the four girls are to exploring life and learning everything they can. Open to everything. They aren't aware of their motives. They're just part of the, It's just part of what it means to be a little child. God wants us to be open to Him like that. Just like that. There's no need to hide or pretend with God. He knows us better than we know ourselves anyway. and He still loves us. Let's determine, let's determine to be open to God, not close, and explore life in His kingdom, because He invites us to come, come and explore. Come and explore life in my kingdom. That's what he says. My next point is this. What else do you think about children? What what, what do you find? Little children are innocent, not cynical. There's an innocent simplicity about little children that I wish we could keep forever. We, We lose it so quickly, don't we? That innocence. Little children have lots of questions, but generally they trust the answers you give them. Don't they? What's that? And you tell them, oh, thank you. They're just little children. They accept the answer. They don't question our motives. They don't understand hidden agendas. They're not cynical about anything. To be a child before God means that we need to get rid of cynicism. God, our Father, has no hidden agenda. What he says is how it is. He says, I love you because he loves you. No hidden agenda. God does not play manipulating games with us. He is good all the time. He can be trusted utterly. He loves us without measure. We're his children. He's our perfect dad. Hallelujah. That's the truth. To come before God... Without innocence, without fear, just knowing he he loves me, cares for me, he he wants to answer my questions, he wants me to understand, but most of the things I couldn't understand if he told me. So I'm just a child before a father in heaven who loves me and what he says is true, and I can live my life confidently in what he tells me. Isn't it good? Isn't it sad that in this world today now everybody's wondering what's the hidden agenda? You say one thing and say, yeah, but what do they really mean? What's really behind that? We get it in politics, don't we, and all the stuff, and you think, yeah, yeah, I wonder what they really think. I wonder what they really mean. It's not like that with God. God says what he means. There's no hidden agenda. You come to church, we don't have a hidden agenda here at Jubilee. We're transparent. We are who we are. We're not trying to manipulate anybody to anything. We're saying there's a God who loves us, who's given his son for us, and we want to share that good news with the whole world. We want to share the good news of a savior who came. We want to share the good news of a kingdom to anybody who will listen because you can come into it today without any strings and no manipulation. Innocent, not cynical. Not cynical. Third one is this. Children are trusting, not doubting. They trust readily, don't they? Sometimes to their detriment. And yet as we trust God like a little child, we will never lose out. All this terrible stuff in the press about child abuse. It's dreadful. Innocent children who came and were taken advantage of and it ruined their life and it spoiled their life and they grew up then questioning everything, everybody's motives, anybody saying they love them. Anything was questioned. And it's hard to get rid of that stuff. Well, I tell you where well, you can get rid of that stuff. You get rid of that stuff when you come before a loving God who loves us without any strings. What he says is true. He's our father. He said, I want you to know me and you can trust me I will never abuse you I will never manipulate you I will never take you for granted I, I, I treasure you as far back as I can remember my parents taught me that God loved me and that Jesus died for me I simply believed them I never doubted it then and I've got to be honest and say I've never doubted it since not once Jean and I taught our two children, Andrew and Alison, the same thing right from the start. God loves you. Jesus died for you. They believed it then, and they believe it now. Our son Andrew leads a church in Bedford, and our daughter Alison is doing PowerPoint today. Alison and her husband Martin are here this morning. They're part of the Jubilee Adventure. Proverbs 22 6 tells us, train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not turn from it. It's true. It's true. They may have the odd wobble as they explore life, but it's true. The Word of God can be relied upon. But childlike trust does not mean an absence of questions. Because being a little child is, I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to understand. And so little children very quickly start asking the question, why? I know for a season with Alison, whatever you brought before her, well, the quick response is, why, Daddy? Why, Mommy, have you ever had that? You think, oh, goodness sake. You know, you, you say something, why? You should do this, Why? That cup is green. Why? You know, it doesn't. It's, everything's why. I want to understand more. I want to. It's just how it is. And God says, You can be like that. You can be like that with Him. We, grown up like little children, keep going to Dad. Say, Why? Why? I'm not questioning you. I just want to understand more. I want to grow. I, I want to grow up in God. I want to become a grown up sort of child. Do, does that make sense? Where. God loves to give me knowledge, and He wants to help me understand. And you know what? When I was a when the kids were little, and I think to be honest, some of the time was I couldn't answer why because I didn't know myself. Do, you know, if somebody says why is that cup green, the answer is because it is. <laughs> you know. There isn't a profound revelation on that. It's like, why is the sky blue? Now, I can give you a scientific reason why the sky is blue, but it won't make any difference to your life. It's blue. Praise God it's not green. (laughs) Everything would be different. Why is sunshine yellow? I can give you a scientific reason to make any difference to your life. It's because it is. But God wants us to ask the questions. He loves to dialogue with us. He wants us to be our dad. He wants us to enjoy that. You see, when when children ask questions, they're not questions of doubt. They're questions of understanding. And I think this is the heart of the issue for us. For a child, belief comes before understanding. For an adult, particularly in our logical culture... And in matters of faith, it's we can't believe unless we understand. Actually, belief that is built on understanding alone will always struggle because understanding is forever changing. You notice that? Science is forever changing. Understanding of the mysteries of life is forever changing. You can't rely on it because it's moving. Now, the gospel never changes, but our revelation and understanding of God and who he is and the mysteries of life just keep developing. I know more of God now than when I was a boy, but I loved him then. You know what? I know more of God now than I did three years ago when Jean and I came here. But my trust in God is not based on simply knowledge, it's based on faith. It's based on the fact that God loves me and he's my dad. And I believe that by choice. I believe that by choice. You've heard me say before, singing the little song, Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. It's that straightforward. If we try and pursue God purely on the intellectual route, we will always find something we fall over. Because little children don't come that way to their parents. They come very simply. And God wants us to be able to come before him simply. Thank you for loving me. I have a lot of questions, but thank you for the fact that you love me. I choose to believe. What a relief. Now... I'm made brand new. As I believe God, I'm born again. As I, I believe God begins to open my eyes to truth. He begins to open my eyes to the mysteries of, of his love and his grace and his mercy and spiritual gifts. But my, my faith's not built on all of that. My faith's built on the fact God loves me. I believe it as a child. You see, belief is a choice. We base our belief on what God says in his word, not on our understanding of everything. We choose to believe. If our parents are loving and kind, we readily believe what they tell us, whether we understand or not. God in his word tells us, I loved you so much that I gave my own dear son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal everlasting life. It's God speaking. There's two responses to that. Thank you, or I choose not to believe. Thank you. You love me. And you know that just reaching out, thank you, takes us a big step forward in our relationship with God. God is our loving Heavenly Father. We are His children, and so we believe Him, even though there are many mysteries and questions we struggle with. It's called childlike faith. I'm going to finish by telling you a story, and I have asked Alison if I can tell this story. When she was about seven or eight, she decided one day during the summer holidays that she was going to play church in our garage. We were in Milton Keynes. Now, Alison's a born organizer, and so she rounded up about nine of her friends in the neighborhood and had them come to our garage. And she said she'd set out the chairs in rows. I remember this day vividly, okay? So it was two rows of chairs, and she'd spent ages writing out the words of the songs that she wanted to use so they could sing along and she, she had a, played a worship tape and said, now, come on, you've got to sing along. And she'd written it all out for them. And then she preaches the gospel for a short while. And then she led, led them, she, she had them stand up and pray out loud together a prayer of repentance, putting their trust in Jesus. Repeat after me, okay? <laughs> and, and then she told them she was going to pray for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you need to know, none of these children were from church background. They had no idea what was going on or what to expect. They were just from the neighborhood. So Alison went along the row and she started to, took their hands, started to pray for them. And as she prayed, the majority of them started to shake violently. Okay. Now, we've been seeing lots of God encounters in church. So it wasn't really new to Alison, but it was rather a shock to her that God would do this in our garage with her friends when she started praying for them. And I remember she came running in to tell us what was happening. And to be honest, we were a bit concerned. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what will their parents say? That sort of thing comes to mind. And uh, it it was okay. But you see, Alison loved Jesus... And she was taking it all very seriously, and certainly the children who were involved were quite impacted. In fact, one of them started to come and come to church with us after that. Why do I tell you that story? Because what Alison did, she did in simple, childlike faith. It, w- it wasn't profound. It wasn't polished. It wasn't. It was just simple it was a bit of a game but serious Do you, you know that sort of thing she wasn't necessarily expecting anything but because she loved the lord i believe jesus saw her childlike faith and touched those children unless you change and become like little children we'll never enter the kingdom of heaven so this morning whether we're already christians or 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 we are yet to put our our trust in Jesus, We, we can all come like little children before him. All of us. Maybe you're here and you've got loads of questions. That's understandable. But you know what? You won't find God by having all your questions answered. We find God by coming as a little child... Receiving what you've given us. You see, the Father, God the Father, loves us all. And He's given us His only Son, Jesus. Came to be a baby. We're going to celebrate it soon. You grew up to be a man, a sinless man. Show us how to live. Demonstrate the love of God. And then he goes and dies on a cross to take away our sin and shame so the, the door is open wide for us to reach out and receive the love of God for ourselves. It's a done deal. But we need to come like a little child and say, can I have some of that love for And for us, They say, well, I'm already a Christian. Do you know what? Perhaps we need to go back again and come as a little child and enjoy him again. Simply enjoy his love again. Open, not closed. Innocent, not cynical. Trusting, not doubting. Let's pray, shall we?